If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We are indeed live for a completely unnecessary podcast for Wednesday, February 25th, yeah, 2015. 25th. It's 25th. Jesus Christ. Alongside somewhat irritable Ian Ferguson, <sighs> who was surprised that the month of February is almost over. My name is Pat Contry. We have at least an hour and a half of mad cap fun-filled adventures awaiting you guys on this podcast. We'll be talking about, oh uh, god, we just love talking about Nintendo Amiibos till the cows come home. We're going to be talking about maybe a, the Westport strike, Dock Strike's affecting it. And then uh, we'll be talking about the Order 1886 length of game controversy. We'll be talking about the Power Slash Rangers gritty short film that came out. We're talking about Machinima slashing staff a little bit, or cutting at least. Maybe the return of the scumbags, scumbags all over the week. Um, also be week, discussing week, week. Uh, uh, Alien 5. What? What? Um, the Telltale Super Show, whatever that could be. DuckTales being rebooted along with Danger Mouse and maybe other 80s cartoons. Gadget. What? Um, the Toe, and, Toe Jam and Earl Kickstarter for a new game. Uh, female characters in Mortal Kombat being proportional. Maybe the last time we discussed WWE for a while, and your Q&A. Ian, what is going on in Fergusonville? Well, if I really talk about what's going on in Fergusonville, <laughs> this would be a... By the way, that's a very popular Facebook game, Fergusonville. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> horrible, sad sack shit of an intro, so... Um, no, what's been going on? I uh, I just finished up a really big pin order. Didn't realize I was kind of taking on a commercial-sized pin order of 700 pins, but it's for my buddy. I love making pins. Um, finished up that. If you are at PAX East or uh, GDC um, this upcoming week, uh, please go to the Necrosoft Games booth, play Gunsport, have a wonderful time, and get a pen that I made, a pin that I made, signed and tagged. Some con- contain a little bit of Ian's DNA. If you want they to pretty him. much all contain my DNA. So, um, whether it's sweat or saliva or semen. Um, <laughs> you, you did a little juke there. You thought you were going to yeah. go for a little bit of blood. You went, you went, you went full semen. semen. <laughs> you I went did, full body fluids. Full body fluids. Jesus um, Christ. And in my off time, uh, touching on that real quick, when I've had the moment, and I haven't really, I've been playing Monster Hunter 4. Um, I really like it. They streamlined some things. Uh, it's not a game I can recommend to anyone who doesn't have a new 3DS because you really need the C-Stick for the camera. Um, but other than that, it's a... It's a fantastic entry in the series, and I really like the addition of the uh, Palico Cat Helpers. That's been pretty great. So, that's me. That was sponsored by Nintendo, that that little break. Uh, Monster Hunter's made by Capcom. Oh, yeah. I know. I've corrected myself before you burped, or after you burped. That was a correcting burp. Correcting burp? That was was to stop you, make you pause, (laughs) correct your statement. And now now the, the smell is making me just... Vomit internally. Speaking like of that, I feel fucking terrible lately. Um, 
uh, besides the fact that I've been uh, working harder at the gym, for whatever reason, um, I've been working on the DVD, which is done. Woo! Getting proofed right now at the... Is this I Don't Care, or is this, is this Around the Horn home run? Which is that, by the way? That's, That's a yay, but I had something okay. in my mouth. Okay, because usually it means you're crazy or I don't give a shit. Okay, none of this means you're crazy around the year. Anyway, so the DVD's freaking finished. And um, it took a good, like, seven weeks to do. Because it was just because it wasn't in a row. I was working on other stuff on the side. Podcast, Christmas video, flea market madnesses, blah blah blah. Um, but it's done. It'll be up for pre-order probably by early next week. Um, so that'll be by early March, and then hopefully, internet sales would be good for my life. And uh, but speaking of that, thanks everyone so much for supporting the very successful Teespring campaign we had for the first official that, CU podcast. That was really cool. 144 I was, t-shirts? I was expecting like 15. <laughs> I, I honestly said 30 was safe, 50 is a stretch goal. We'll see if we get there. And we sold, we're going to have 144 people with our faces on their boobs, basically. That's so cool. That is neat. Boobs and moobs. That is very neat. <laughs> Other than that, um, I have a new flavor at Madison in the work. In the work, in the works. In the it's, works. It's like 90% done. That'll be out this weekend before the end of the month. Um, a little sooner if you're part of my Patreon. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after that, I'm I, there's like a 30% chance of going to PAX East. It's you know it's like a week away. Um, either way, though, I got to get back to the NES Punk videos. It's been uh, already uh, two full months since one's been released, but I have like four ideas, ideas, ideas lined up in my head. I know this because he's been calling me and talking to me about them for so, for so many months. I don't even know which one's coming next. It's not so many months. Anyway, so that'll be that'll be fun. I'm just saying you have ideas. I always have ideas, but whether or not they're good. But you like the one idea. Uh, did I? You said the one idea was clever. The one idea about the thing. Give me a vague hint. Shooter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go. All right. That was fine. <laughs> that was like triggering like Pavlov's dog right there. Yeah. All right. What's going on? What's going on with the uh, Nintendo shipping a lot of amiibos, but there's still some sitting on. <sighs> Big old freighters out in the West Coast, outside Seattle. What's what's happening? I cannot wait for the podcast where we have zero <laughs> fucking amiibo topics. Um, so, I mean, how, what, what order do we want to tackle this in? So, Nintendo. Let's just get right to it. And I don't think anyone doubts this, or would have doubted it. But the amiibos are 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 doing gangbusters for Nintendo. They've they're busting gangs. They've shift shift ship ship. <laughs> Shipped 5.7 million of these million. little plastic fuckers, and uh, That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, and they've been selling extremely well. Um, what interests me, though, is the art more so than the number is the uh, the article that that sort that we source this information from gives a breakdown of what the most popular ones were and gadget. A- and uh, Link is you know uh, obviously very popular, but I- I'm actually kind of surprised that Link was more popular than Mario in f- three out of the four districts that they that they showed, um, which is Japan, U.S. and Canada, Europe, and Australia. I'm not so surprised, but okay. I mean, I, I guess I guess it's not really surprising. There are definitely more diehard Link fans, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes me happy as can be is that Kirby was number two in Japan. Kirby rightfully gets his number two spot. Um, but, you know, I mean, for these things that have... You know, He's really very little functionality right now. Um, they're nice sculpts, and people like them, and they're cheap enough that when you can find them, it's an easy impulse purchase. 
oh shit, there's a Pikachu. I like Pikachu. I'm going to buy this Pikachu yeah. and put him on my counter. Um, so that's pretty awesome. Um, what sucks is the scarcity of it. Well, scarcity of the ones that the people are trying to go after. Well, scarcity of amiibos in general. But I mean, but I mean the mon- the non-popular guys, in- sure, specifically because they're being hoarded and resold. But even I mean, if you walk into a, 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 an amiibo section after like a wave starts, I mean, you're down to nothing but maybe like a Mario or two. I mean, everything goes. And part of the reason why this could be a potential um, issue is because there is a West Coast strike on the ports. Uh, meaning that ships that normally ship these things over uh, haven't been able to unload their shipments of Amiibos and potentially Nintendo 3DS. So there's tons of merchandise from overseas sitting basically at the dock on ships. Just sitting. Yeah, honestly just floating there for like a month now. And until the strike is over, uh, they can't get the goods off. So is it possible that there are more... I'm not expecting there to be more trainers or villagers or anything. That's too old. But, you know, we could see some more Majora's Mask 3DSs. We could see, um, you know, some of the harder-to-find well, ones from, like, Wave 2 and Wave 3. Well, yeah, well, didn't Best Buy oversell and other, uh, like, GameStop oversell? Then they had to cancel a bunch of pre-orders? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I personally have a friend, and she had one pre-ordered with a confirmation number from Best Buy, and they canceled it on her without even alerting her to the fact that they were canceling her pre-order. I mean, that no email, no nothing. That's that's just insane horseshit. And it's because they oversold. Um, I'm not mad at Nintendo. It's, it's, it's Best Buy doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. Uh, but but well, what I'm hoping for is that these, these products that Best Buy was hoping to have in stock to fill these pre-orders are the ones that are on their boats. I'm hoping that people get calls late and are like, "Hey, do you still want this?" Well, I don't. I don't totally blame uh, the retailers because they they think the stock's going to be there. Why wouldn't it be? This is to have a strike like this is pretty rare. I, I haven't heard of one recently where all of a sudden no merchandise comes into a port. You yes, know, but a labor why- dispute like this is not something that the chains can because it, it sounds like this is something that happened. Bam, it's happening. So Best Buy's like, "Oh shit! Now this stock's going to be not here in two weeks." Like we thought it would. No, but to not but to not even send an email. I mean, okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it, they're not hand, and I understand. I mean, from a retail perspective, which is what I do, you don't want to deal with those angry customers. They're going to be pissed, especially because they really wanted something that was limited edition. But uh, limited edition. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It's if it turns out that say these items are on the boats, then I feel less malice towards Best Buy. And I don't really feel any malice towards Nintendo because it's not... I, I see too many people telling saying Nintendo should just make tons of these, but if no one wants to buy them, then they end up clearance yeah. items and Nintendo I, loses money on this shit anyways. I, I think it's funny where people that are like, oh, the same people that are probably saying, oh, Nintendo's going to go bankrupt or uh, are, are concerned that Nintendo's not pumping out you know, 40 million of these things that'll just cost them a ton of money to do and not, right. you know, Nintendo's being smart. You may not like, but they're being as smart as you can be for, this is a brand new product they never came out with before. They've never re- released toys like this in, in Moss. So, I mean, this is what they're doing gradually. They have, you know, to, they have to test the They waters. have to hedge their bets a little bit. Yeah, and, they, don't know, they didn't know necessarily that, that freaking Wii trainers are going to be hoarded and resold. They, they, we can't, they could, can't right, control because, that. Because who besides me actually wanted a Wii Fit trainer to play as? Like, I mean, not many people. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is, yeah, Zelda, the thing is, the thing is. Um, Go with it. Fuck. Embrace it. Jesus Christ. Love it. So, 
uh, lots of people like Zelda. Lots of people like Majora's Mask. Yep. But lots of people also don't want adornment and things on their, their systems. Lots of people just want a black, sleek-looking handheld. So sure. even though it seems obvious to, you know, a Zelda, some Zelda fans that, oh, well, why don't you just make enough? These things can sit on shelves. Yeah, and then Nintendo's, like I said, Nintendo is a private company. So they do things with the wallet. They don't have to answer to, to you know to these shareholders that wants them to make. They're doing it slowly but surely, and they they, they shipped five point seven million. That's probably let's say it costs each of them I don't know three dollars each. They probably sold them for to retail for five. But I mean they're selling them for like say five bucks or seven dollars each. They're making a ton. They're making tens of millions so far off of this. Could but be only twenty. They, they sell them for twelve ninety nine. Yeah, but that's not how much Nintendo's making. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, sure, I'm saying sure. they're selling them to retailers for, say, I, for $5 each. Right, or my bad. So they're, they're making a lot of money, and that's profit. And then going forward, it'll be more and more. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're not going to stop the scalpers. We know that. They're going to do whatever. Obviously, though, I, I, I feel bad, though, for someone that spent $90 on, on a, a new Amiibo, only to know that on the, on the boat sitting there, there's going to be thousands upon thousands that might come off. That could be funny. You know, just be pa- be patient with your money. No, totally just be, be patient. patient. No one, no. There's no reason why you need to have a freaking uh, pit amiibo day one. You can wait a few weeks or a month. Nothing's going to happen. Right. You're not going to get farther in the game with it. It's just to go on your shelf. Just be patient with your money. Be smart with your money. And while it, it bummed me out, you know, I was going to get Vani the uh, the Mega Man and the Sonic Amiibos for Valentine's Day. We don't really celebrate Valentine's Day, but no matter how many times I say we don't celebrate Valentine's Day, Vani always gets me something, which Aww. means I have to get her something. <laughs> and it's very nice. I, yes, it's, you have it, to get you have to get your woman or something. It, it's very Day. sweet. Oh, yeah. So I was going to get them for her, and then she's like, "Hey, I got them at the naval base." I'm like. Well, that sucks because I don't have a Valentine's Day gift to give you. But at the same point, I'm not paying thirty dollars a piece for you know these amiibos because you got them at they retail. They sell at the naval base. Oh yeah. Oh, I know they had a video game store there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they do. I mean, they didn't have any of like the limited edition like uh, 3ds XLs because she tried to find me the uh, the Monster Hunter one. I mean, I but whatever. Anyways, um, so I don't know. We'll see what happens once the strike ends. Um. So, Ami- so you told about the amiibo, the, the unlocking. Yeah, thing. so amiibos are all. I mean, they keep adding little bits of functionality to these things, and honestly, none of it is all that impressive. But I, I, I still like these things as, as these little weird toys. Um, and amiibos are going to start unlocking uh, little trial uh, games um, for uh, the, the game that they represent. What's interesting though is they talk about how it's going to represent. Excuse me. It's going to unlock a scene. So it's not necessarily going to be, you know, it just starts you off at the beginning of the game with five minutes. It might put you in a castle in, in Super Mario Brothers. It might put you in a boss fight in Zelda, you know, so you get to see something a bit meatier. Um, that said, I, I find it hard to believe that a lot of these virtual console games are things that people are not familiar with. So, I mean, I don't know how useful it's going to be, but it's just more shit that they're letting these yeah. things do. At least they know that, okay, we have one or two games only that these may work for. Here's something in the meantime to yeah. make it worth the fact that you might be paying. Then again, most people paying 80 bucks for these are not probably opening them anyway. So there's that to be said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, that's true. So I saw a lot of bitching online recently about uh, Order 1886, which has been released, about, the, I guess, the, 
the length of the game is too short for some people, so they're up in arms about that. I mean, yeah. what, what, what do you think about that? Is that is that a major concern in this day and age? That, fuck does, all that. Does every game have to be 13 to no. 15 hours long? No, I'd say fuck that and the people who are up in arms. Here's here's my thing. Um, the, the Order 1886 does look like it has some issues. Some boss repetition, some stuff like that. Skins being reused. Skins being reused. It is a nice looking game. And it's a game that I probably will take home and play. I mean, I've had some interest in it since it was announced. Uh, But the length of the game is not... I mean, when you look at the actual reviews and you look at the length of the game, people are claiming 5 to 6, 7 to 9, 8 to 10, you know, 4 to 7 hours. Look, if the game's going to give me 5 to 6 hours of good gameplay... I'm generally okay with that. I mean, some of my favorite games are short. Killer 7's like seven hours long. Um, Condemned Criminal Origins is about a five to six hour game. I understand if you have the free time, if you're dumping $60 on a new game, which, man, there are so few reasons to do that these days. Um, I can understand being upset, but I like the idea of a game that is packaged in a way that I can beat it in a couple of sittings. Now, that means the game's got to work extra hard to impress me. It's got to be good. But I'm not going to be upset if the credits roll after six hours, as long as I had fun for those six hours. Yeah, are, are we, we, spoke about, we spoke about this with uh, movie length uh, last time, about the people want to make sure they get bang for their buck. Is it is it better then, or is it worse, I guess I'm just asking the question right now, to have a game that you can meander around, do whatever you want for 25 hours, versus a game that's uh, tighter and faster and maybe better paced Well, Capcom, Capcom apparently shoved 20 hours of gameplay into Resident Evil 6, and look how well that did. You know, I mean, the length After of the game... Was 5 was, was supposed to be too short for some people? No, no, it was just like... I mean, Capcom, you know, 5 was just kind of the turning point where people started to really dislike the series. So oh. Capcom's like, we're really going to come out with 6, and it's going to have four different storylines, and it's going to be like 20 hours of gameplay. And it affected the reviews, not at all. So if a 20-hour game isn't going to equate to a better game, what's wrong with a 6- to 7-hour game? And if your argument is the price tag, then wait for it to drop. If you don't want to pay $60 for something that you are perceiving as a movie theater experience, then wait. I Games think, drop so quick. I think it's funny to compare it to movies at all because a game you can replay. It's not like they just burns up after you're done playing no, it. I mean, now, I, there is replayability. People say it's you. not really replay. There's not a lot of replayability but, to it. But with a game, you can trade it or sell it on eBay yes. or trade or, or sell it to a game store. So it's not like you're... It's not like with a video game, your money's ever totally lost. Right. Unless it's a sports game and it's three years later than it might be. Yeah. But for a game like this... Even if you spe- say you get it, you're concerned about the length. Sell it within a couple of weeks, you might get you know 75 percent of the value back. So then, so then your six to eight hour sh- short game experience only costs you you know twenty dollars, and, yeah. and that's for me twenty dollars for a six hour game isn't terrible, especially no. if, especially if it was good. Right. If we're talking a bad short game, then you shouldn't play it all because it's bad. Well, that's what I said earlier. Like I said, now the game's gonna have to work extra hard if it's shorter. But it does, yes. yeah, it does. It, I, I'm not I'm not concerned about the actual. The actual length, and uh, I, I'm not saying that anyone's complaint here is whole, wholly invalid. It's just that, um, you know, don't spend sixty dollars on a game. Then you're saying just don't do it. Just don't do it. Go, go for go for uh, cheaper thing, games or buy, used games. Yeah, or, wait uh, two months because that's about what it takes now. Wait two months for that game to hit thirty five. But I want that weave Petrina right now. I need everything right now, now, now. <laughs> Fucking whiny little pissant babies. Um. Anyway, so speaking of babies, 
Well, I was not a baby so much, but... I wasn't a baby either. I used to love Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I still do. 20-year anniversary <laughs> last year. It originally came out in uh, 93, 94. Um, in the U.S., and, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously it's based upon the Japanese series, which I think started in, what, the early 80s? I think in Japan it was, something like that. Super Sentai, I, I can't hit you with an exact date, but I want to say it's somewhere between 79 and 81. That sounds about right. Because they didn't start doing um, Zord, you know, mech-type stuff until, like, the 6th. The sixth season. So, Anyways. Power Rangers, was, well, at least the first three years, was absolutely a phenomenon in, in the U.S. So much so that I remember uh, season two premiered primetime on Fox. Oh, like yeah. That night, yep. it was the Green Ranger saga uh, season two. Like, that was like, wow, it's on like 7.30 at night. It was like, this is kind of cool mm-hmm. and weird. This is supposed to be a children's show. But they did they did tours. I mean, we're talking, it was five episodes a week, and they were new episodes. Like, season one, like, these weren't seasons of, like, 20 episodes. It was, like, 70 episodes, like, in a season, like, because they were just recycling well, uh, footage what, what, and then just reshooting the live-action parts so, for the U.S. actors. So, if you're unaware of how Sentai works in the U.S., um, it's usually last season's Japanese season. They take all the action from it, and they dub in... English actors doing like the uh, out of the suit stuff, you know, the hanging out, the yeah, they always shoot that. Yeah, what was interesting about Power Rangers when it first came to the United States was it covered, I think, three seasons worth of Sentai, which is why you see the suits change design and all that sort of stuff, which is why you have a Green Ranger in one that turns into a White Ranger. But, anyways, it was a phenomenon and every kid watched it. Yeah, I, I used to like it just because I was into martial arts. I mean, hell, I love WMAC Masters on Fox. That that was like the... Remember that? The, the work martial arts show? I love yeah. that dumb show. And then I love Voltron, so it was a combination of like martial arts and Voltron. I was like, what kid wouldn't like this? So anyway, um, so they, they had a couple movies in the mid to late 90s that were meh, moderately successful, but they are planning a, a reboot to come out next year. It's supposed to be a little bit, a little bit more darker uh, than the kid show. However, what came out online was a quote-unquote greedy reboot short film that's not connected with the new movie at all, not endorsed by uh, Saban at all. And it it was just interesting because they were going for this, I guess, way over-the-top gritty remake that they knew. I mean, we're talking ultraviolet R-rated. We're talking blood and people getting shot in the head and stabbed. Yeah. And we're talking James Vanderbeek as as Rocky, as the, the original Red Ranger replacement, yeah. just, like, just like tormenting the Pink Ranger and interrogating her. And then we're talking like... Uh, uh, Zach, the Black Ranger, becoming an evil agent and taking out North Koreans, and just in absolute insanity. Well yeah. choreographed fights. I really, for sure. I really don't want to blow any more than that. Um, it, you know, uh, but it, let's put it this way: at this, it, it was it was directed by Joseph Kahn, and uh, if you have never seen Dirty Laundry, which was his Punisher short. It's one of the best ways you can spend ten minutes. Oh yes, it's it's just fucking fantastic. I've watched it ten, fifteen times. I love it so much. And he did this one, and it's just as good. It's got his same like blood splatter type uh, effects and stuff. And uh, I, I'm not I'm not going to ruin anything for you. You're going to be disappointed by the lack of certain things. But it, well, it's, it, it's, it's a short just, film. Yeah, it's a it, short and film, and obviously it takes liberties. Yeah. I'll just say uh, the, the general setup is that the Machine Empire has taken over Earth, and they were the the villains during the Zeo Ranger uh, 
uh, season when that's when I basically stopped Stop. watching. Yes, and that's when the, the the remaining of the remaining original cast basically left at that point after Zeo Rangers were talking like four four to five years in uh, to it. Um, so well, there's little touches that were cool though, like Rocky's leg is robotic. Yeah. Now if you if you the, the turbo power engine with the second movie, Rocky gets injured, and that's how they get him off the team and replace him with the little brat, who I think showed up in the movie too. I think they, I think I think he showed up uh, real quick. Anyway, um, so. There's a lot of cool little touches. Uh, isn't there a tiny bull and skull reference? No, not just a reference. Bull and skull are in Bulk this. Bull and skull are in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, okay. they, they are in this. I was going to say. I, All I, the, but obviously, these are different actors. Um, you have, what's her name? Katie Sackhoff uh, from Battlestar Galactica played Kimberly. And then I'm not sure who played the rest besides James Vanderbeek as the evil evil Rocky, but all the original. They basically explain what happens to the original five Power Rangers, and then Tommy, and then there's a twist ending that we won't give away. But it's it's cool, it's fun. Uh, just check it out. I'll I'll link it right over here on the Bally Professional. Right in my there. face. Eh, we did that last time. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that was that was definitely. I don't know. It was that one was longer too. He really, uh, like I said, Dirty Laundry is only like ten minutes. This is a close to twenty minute. Um, well, he had thing. like two big fight Maybe scenes. 15, in it. Yeah, it's it's so, good. Yeah, it wasn't just like, the like, Black Rangers fight scene is really pretty really fucking sweet. awesome. And, and they had the, the, the hip hop uh, keto thing where he was, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just wanted where was Ernie? They should have had Ernie in there yeah. selling something. <laughs> the youth center. <laughs> yeah. He's giving out meth smoothies at the youth center. Um. This is this is something we touched on from time to time. Just what's happening in the industry, YouTube, whatever. Uh, one of the biggest YouTube uh, channels, MCN Machinima, cut staff and, and basically have gotten rid of some of their quote unquote popular uh, programming into new financing. I just want to touch upon the fact that, like you, for most people that don't realize that YouTube, YouTube's obviously this is the new media. These are huge companies: Polaris, uh, owned by Disney, Machinima. Uh, there's, there's NBC and all these like TV networks starting to buy out pieces of these. So there's lots of money at play. There's millions at play. So if people or if they don't feel the the, the network's performing, they're going to treat it like anything else and just cut jobs, cut programming. Unfortunately, though, that's where you're at now with YouTube where I guess if you're funded by this, they can cut you like your TV network. So there really is going to start to be little difference. If they don't think your YouTube shows make enough money or it's not worth the production cost, goodbye. Right. We have investors now. So it's funny that in the only, uh, this is what, the 10-year anniversary of YouTube? I think it was late 2005 out of San Diego it started. Uh, the first video on YouTube was at the San Diego, from the San Diego Zoo. Um, so yeah. Um, in 10 years, you go from an upstart company. I feel like YouTube's been around for eternity at this point. That's funny to think it's only hit its 10-year anniversary. I think it's 10-year coming up. But So in 10 years, you go from being this little sort of weird thing where you just upload stuff from your phone, and because not many people had camcorders even. They are really expensive still. To being bought out by Google within, well, I think it was a year and a half only, or a year they bought it out. Uh, then after it's bought out, you have all the tens of millions of dollars and huge corporations come into it, and now it's like TV, kind of. You have big stars, you have big shows, you have big series that appear on it, and now you have people losing their job in nice chunks because now it's not making the investors enough money. That's all. They they laid off 13 of their 90 employees. That's over 10%. That's a significant layoff. You might right. say only 13 people. That's you, you might say 13, but when your total is under 100, eh, that's, that's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, they were axing some shows. I don't watch them, but I'm sure that's what their money makers are. But now again, when you, when you have these MCNs, you don't necessarily need to put money into your own creations because now you're making money off of all these networks that you have partnered with. You're making a percentage of their of the ads off them, whether it's 10%, 20%, or Machinima. 
I've heard horror stories, maybe they're not there anymore, where they're making 60% or 70% of the ad revenue. Maybe they're not getting one of that anymore. Either way, it's just something to look out for in the future. Uh, no one is safe. I had a lot to say there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I uh, didn't, didn't mean to drag that segment on for so long. So, uh, we haven't done this in, in a while. Scumbag! Scumbag! Seller! Seller! Week! 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 And our scumbag seller is Happy Little Buddy. He can fuck off. He's on eBay. He's on eBay. And what's the issue with this guy? Well, he's got like over, what, 100 Majora's Masks limited game and figures sold. He's probably got 30 to 40 plus more to go. Um, I, I mean, so obviously he hoarded them. Those could have been in the hands of people who really wanted them, including most of my friends. And he's trying to sell them for an above-marked price. I think they were originally slated to be a 50 or a $60 set. Um, what actually makes me happy is to see that some of these are only going for a little bit more than retail because he's flooded the fucking okay. marketplace. Well, we're mistaken. He sold over 200 of these because just from one listing alone at... It started trending at 135. They're down down to 119 each. He sold 191 just from this one listing. So we're wrong. He sold well over 200 of these. Gross. How does someone get this many? That's what I know. Like this isn't this isn't simply going around buying them where you can. This this has to be some something some kind of working at a store and just taking the stock or something Some must be going on. Some hillbilly here. pants shitting family and they have multiple addresses and he just sends them all to, you know, everyone he knows and then he probably gives them a cut and then sells them on eBay, you know, for using addresses. I mean, there's got to be I mean, there's ways around it. So he's turned profit obviously. At this point it's less and less. If he's selling for only 120 at this point, it's less than it was before, but he's probably selling the original batch at 140. Right. What's driving me nuts and I don't have a quick way of looking it up is what these were originally supposed to go for. I feel like 50 is almost too cheap because that's only 10 bucks for the Skull Kid figure and the Skull Kid figure is really nice looking. Um, if we could get an actual price on what these were going for, which I think Pat is looking at right now, we'll know if this guy's actually making out or eating shit. I'm trying to look on Amazon right now. Um... Do, 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 do. But it's capitalism, mean. Well, you can buy them new. These are not from. I guess you can't get them from Amazon anymore. Hundred and eleven dollars. Yeah, no, I'm. I need the original price. But anyways, uh, eighty-five dollars was the original price. Eighty-five was the original price, according to GameStop. Yes, with the book and the figure. Okay, well then this guy's looking at maybe breaking even on a lot of these. So fuck him. Well, it depends how many more he has left. I mean, either way, I mean, he's not, he, like even if even if he sold, I'm just saying he's he, he's he's going to experience diminishing returns. Oh, he is already. Obviously, yeah. he made most of the money in the first few weeks, right? So, eighty five. If he sold about one hundred and forty, that's like well, what is that a sixty percent markup, something like that, you know? So, we're coming more at seventy percent. So anyway, there's not, there's not much you can do about this. Otherwise, again, be patient with your money. I fucking hope it goes towards hospital bills. <laughs> Are you wishing ill ill will upon happy little buddy? He, no, he no. wouldn't be that happy anymore. That's that's not what I did. That's not what I did at all. <laughs> Just a vague comment that I made. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> a, a chestburster flying out of his chest would be fine, too. That would be okay. Which brings me to our next topic. 
Segways! Ian, I'm so proud of you're improving week by week. You're yeah, I really try. So, uh, this really makes me very, very excited. Very, 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 very excited. There was a point in time where I could recite Aliens word for word from start to finish, director's cut. Why don't uh, you put her in charge? <laughs> um, they're making a new Alien movie. It's going to be directed by Neil Blomkamp's. And, of District 9 thing? Yep. And District. Chappie? It's just coming out, so it's supposed to be good, too? Exactly. And... Uh, it has. At first, I was, I was very leery of it, very, very weary of it. Not, not sure I was excited. Clearly weary and dreary. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yakko, wacko, and dot. Um, but uh, news came out today, and this news makes me very happy in one regard, and that is Sigourney Weaver is on board, and I love Sigourney Weaver. Ripley is like my heartthrob movie character and it's not even so much physical attraction it's because she's a fucking badass. Well, here's the thing. She's not so badass as to not be still have flaws and have weaknesses. Right. No, she's, she's one of the characters. She's probably the first real female action star that was three-dimensional and not just either ultra badass like in the 80s you had all those like kickboxing and martial arts movies with the females. This was a woman that had um, regrets, that had weaknesses, that cried in the movie, but also when, when push came to shove, yeah, she kicked ass she and got stuff fucked done. stuff up. Yeah. And I will always love Sigourney Weaver. And as a side note, that means nothing to anyone. That woman looks better now than she ever has. I've I mean, seen she, a picture of her lately. But... She just ages, just she just continues to age fantastically. I love her bald-headed looking alien three. I loved it. Woo. Anyway, um, let's not go off on a rant about how we really love Sigourney Weaver. Because <laughs> I do. Um, what What is more interesting is that, uh, and, I, and I'm, I'm mostly, I'm, I'm like 90% behind this, is uh, they have they've come out and said that uh, this movie is going to ignore uh, Resurrection in 3. Which means that we might finally get the basic story of what was supposed to be three. Michael Bien coming back? Is Michael Bien Possibly. Oh, God. Possibly. My heart flutter. Yeah, yeah. Did he no, get you, screwed you have, out of Alien you, 3? You, you have no idea how much my heart did this today when I read the news. Um, I'd be shocked if Michael Bien came back. There's, no there's one not is, a whole lot of but, other info known other than... What was with that sketch with her like in the Alien costume or something? Like, what, who knows? But there, there's also been um, like uh, sketches of, of basically Michael Bien. You know, uh, okay. and, and stuff like that. Um, basically, they're saying that this is going to be the proper send off for Ripley, like three should have been. Um, well, three uh, spoilers. Well, that she well, dies yeah, in three. three, but it, uh, just, just <laughs> and, then, and then Alien Resurrection. She's a clone with like with some alien blood in her, so she's like superhuman. So it's ridiculous. Storyline wise, I'm totally okay with them eliminating three and Resurrection. Fanboy wise. I actually kind of liked the bullshit, fucked up, cobbled together version of three that we got. It's not a good movie. Ha- have you seen the quote unquote director's cut of it? Yes. How does that compare? It's it's still basically kind of the same movie, dude. I mean, they, they changed it so much that even the director's cut isn't really adding in anything that should have been there in the first place. It's just extending a movie that went off the rails. Well, to those people out there who don't know. Uh, Michael Bien was really, originally supposed to be the star of three. Yes. He was signed on. He got paid $5 million basically just to write him out of the movie and be killed off in the beginning and use his basically his face. But what pissed people off more besides that, because Michael Bien's character was great, had great chemistry for a little amount of time they were together in Aliens, is what uh, they, they killed off Newt. 
Yeah. Which was ridiculous because... Because she spent so much time... She was the new surrogate daughter of Ripley's character. Which is a huge part of Aliens. Yes. And now, if, you, if you're not watching the director's cut of Aliens, you're not watching Aliens. You have to watch the director's cut of Aliens. I, I think you're not losing a, a, a ton, but you're losing some nuance. But you can still watch it and enjoy it. It makes... It's true, but it makes Ripley that much more whole. There's a couple more little things. Yeah. yeah. The extra scenes with her in the beginning. Yes. So, um... I'm I'm nervous, but I mean, just the fact that Weaver's back on and well, Blomkamp uh, District Nine was came out absolutely nowhere. Yeah, and it had some really cool themes to it. It was made on a shoestring budget, but looked amazing somehow. Right. So that basically shot him into you know Hollywood fame. From now there. imagine him with the budget and xenomorphs. Uh, there you I'm go. Gonna need to go change my pants. I'm still waiting for a proper Predator Three. By the way, screw that Predators movie that came out. Can we get Predators Predator 3? was far more watchable than Predators 2. And, and, yes, and I but like Predator 2. I, I, I mean, Predator I, 2 I make no is okay. a giant okay. Yeah. It has Paxton <laughs> in it, but I mean, has a right. has an absolute right. sh- sh- uh, insane Gary Busey performance, and Danny Glover, okay, he's not Arnold Schwarzenegger, but they wanted to change it up. I'm okay with Predator 2. The first one to me is a, close to a classic, but the, I'm okay with the sequel. But a, pred- a proper Predator three. Hey, Arnold's doing a new Conan Barbarian. Let's see. Let's see the Predator's grand grandson from the first one get pissed and come back for for old old uh, Arnold. That'd be cool. Anyway, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Hell, I like Prometheus a lot. You know, I love Prometheus. I have no idea how they're going to do a sequel. I'm not sure they should. But they're doing that, I guess. And this, we'll see what happens. At this point, that. I don't think they should do a sequel to Prometheus. I don't know where they're going to go with it. Anyways, so. This one I don't have a segue for. You know what would be great? It would be great if Telltale Games made an alien game that was episodic. Oh, hey! Telltale Games is announcing something called a Super Show. Now, I I think we're more discussing this right now because we have no idea what the fuck to make of it. (laughs) Telltale is a company that I generally like. Uh, They make episodic games. They are generally in the vein... And I'm not saying they're as good, but they try to be sort of like PC adventure games. Now, their older games are definitely more like that. They're Sam and Max reboots, um, they're Homestar Runner games, they're Monkey Island games. As they progressed with like the Jurassic Park and The Walking Dead, they fell more into like an interactive visual fiction, like a, like a heavy rain sort of deal. Now, what they're talking about doing with the Super Show, as far as I can tell, the Super Show is just going to basically be... Lionsgate is basically teaming up with Telltale to do games that are based on original properties, but they want to treat them like TV shows. So, as far as I can tell, it's just going to be the same Telltale games, but it's going to be with original IPs, and they're going to have storylines that are probably, like I said, more like TV shows. But- if it we, had, we before the podcast we had a discussion argument whether or not this means there'll be live action parts to this. My question is: if there's no live action, what the hell is Lionsgate doing getting involved since they produce live action television shows? Maybe simply movies? maybe simply producing or helping with script writing is my own or thing. voice acting or getting real yeah actors. or getting real voice actors this, because nothing in this article actually talks about getting live action and they say TV type drama which is which is basically all a Telltale game is. So all, as far as I can figure it, this just means that Telltale is calling their original intellectual property games something else. So basically what 
uh, one, one of the, I guess, the CEO of Telltale said was, a Super Show episode combines one part of interactive playable content with one part of scripted television style content. Both pieces, when combined together, are what make an actual Super Show episode. So to me, that just means a point-and-click adventure with cutscenes. That's a fancy way of saying it. Or, well, But that's what they've been doing. To me, what that almost more sounds like is you play the game and make the choices in the beginning portion of it, and then you would see how it plays out in the ending portion. But what's interesting is he's saying developing both aspects simultaneously is key to utilizing this. He calls it a new medium. What would be... What would about this would be new? The medium... Video games is there. Live action's there. So that's what I'm thinking. If this is combining live action with video games in some aspect, then we're looking at the Daedalus encounter with T. Carrera. You know, like, is that what we're looking at here? Potentially something strange like that? Or they're going backwards and doing, uh, basically, live action cutscenes with point and click? I just can't this see is, that. But it's but, possible. But what do you mean by it's new? Possible. But why is it, would he call it a new medium then? That's, what, that's what's people, kind of throwing me. Because people bullshit all the time. Okay, Pat. yes, there is that. I'm being too too gullible with the CEO. We just talked about Peter Molyneux last podcast, okay? People bullshit out their asses all the time, um, just spewing feces. It says, um, he, he said television and game content are actually produced in different ways on different schedules, of course. Right. Live action scripted content is shot and produced quickly on a tight schedule, while game, games require more iterational flexibility. Integrating these two radically different production styles is a huge challenge. But we've been like I don't I don't understand how first of all how you can even do that how can you mix uh, video games with live action I don't know well, he even says live action scripted content is shot so this is oh, okay. going to be live action but I don't understand then this isn't new this is this is nineties PC CD ROM point and click or action games with cutscenes thrown in this is Privateer two getting Clive Owen a young awesome Clive Owen performance. You know, in, in 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 with your game. Here's my I, it's last. It's very interesting. It's interesting, but my last line on this is: we obviously have. I mean, we probably jumped on this too early because all we can do is speculate. I really have no idea what the hell this is going to be. I'm still of the mindset that mindset that this is yeah, this is business talk bullshit. But we'll see. But I, I think what they might. With Lionsgate involved, they might be able to leverage getting bigger stars, maybe? Sure. And getting them involved. If that's the case, then think of the draw of having a Walking Dead game with a special live-action cutscene built into it. For That that could be a huge draw. More sure. The, that can get people drawn from the TV that wouldn't play but, the game to but what people, play. What I think people love about these um, Telltale games, like the, the, uh, the Walking Dead ones and the... Uh, I think the Game of Thrones one is this way, and um, a couple other. Uh, they they take place in the same world, but they don't use the same characters. Okay. So if you're interested in The Walking Dead, but you've never seen an episode, you can jump right into The Walking Dead. That's actually something that I very much like about Telltale Games. Uh, say you've never read an, uh, an issue of Fables... Uh, you can still jump into their game based on fables. Okay. You know? Each Super Show episode will release as a package design so you can consume the interactive portion or or watch the scripted show portion in any order you'd like. This has to be live action. Okay, yeah. For instance, and then if, I'm not going to argue with you. If you, on you play that. the interactive episode first, certain elements of the scripted episode portion will be tailored to reflect some choices made in your interactive playthrough. If you watch the show before playing, some elements in the interactive portions may be presented differently than if you played. This sounds like yeah, it sounds like choose your own adventure, but now um 
Wow, this from a production standpoint, this sounds like a mess. Yeah, Just it does. To put this together. <laughs> it does sound like a nightmare. It sounds like a nightmare, being that you're going to have to produce uh, you basically different scenarios in the live action. Like it's like a giant choose your own adventure. My so, guess is this: they're going to have to divide it into halves, right? Okay. Gameplay might be first half, TV might be second half. All right. Let's say you watch the second half of the TV. It's automatic. You watch that first. It's automatically going to check certain boxes because you know certain things are going to happen. But it might open up different choices in the actual game. Vice versa, you play the game first, it's going to change around the TV portion that you watch. I don't know. It, I mean, it sounds... If, if they want that sort of degree of interactivity, it sounds kind of ambitious. More so it's, than... I mean, we keep joking about the CD-based titles of the 90s, but... They were ambitious. Well, they were for ambitious. For the time. Sure. I mean, but, they, may, they may have all been as well done as each other, but they were very ambitious. They pushed the medium to its limits. Yeah. The medium. And then, so. it, then it had to implode because they got to the point where it became just, oh, we know we're going to see, you know, point and click, point and click, T. Carrera shooting an alien, point and click, point and click. That's basically what the games became. Yeah, I'm sure they're yeah. going to do more than that. All right. So, a DuckTales topic in the modern day that I can talk about that I'm not incredibly you bitter about. still promise to play and review DuckTales Remastered for the podcast a year and a half ago. So go on. purposely did not download it when it was free. Go on. When it was free. You promised. You were letting us all down. Go on. Fuck that game. Um, so DuckTales is returning in 2017, and uh, it, uh, we might as well make this one larger topic, because a lot of cartoons appear like they uh, appear to be coming back, including uh, um, Inspector, Inspector Gadget. Gadget. Danger yeah. Mouse. And Danger Mouse. That's an, actually, that makes I love that show, but that yeah. was, remember, that was a British show. Yeah. More, a little more esoteric than the rest of these. Reused a lot of animation sequences. Um, but Dude. DuckTales is coming back, and I'm interested in seeing how it goes. I mean, the original series was largely based on the um, Karl Barks comics. I mean, it was an adventure. They went on adventures. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a cartoon sitcom or anything like that. This was like Indiana Jones with ducks for a lot of the episodes. Sure. Um if they continue to base it on that stuff, because they certainly didn't run out of you know necessarily source material, uh, I would I would probably actually watch this again. Um, I'm just super leery. People are going to get on me for being negative. Oh, you're so negative. Um, I'm just I'm just worried about reboots in general. I find that I mean, if they pander too much to the nostalgia audience, it's going to blow. Because no kid who's growing up right now knows who the ducks are. My biggest concern is going to be the look. It's going to it probably won't be traditional animation. It'll uh, probably be computer. Yeah, no, yeah. Has there been a traditionally animated TV, TV series in 10 years? The even? answer to that is probably yes, but I can't name it. But I mean, we're not talking, it's not the regular one. Because obviously, when, no. when you do, uh, uh, it's, you have to basically do them a year in advance, script and draw a traditionally animated uh, cartoon. Like, you know, you can't turn them around quickly. Well,. But for this, if it's just two years it's, up, maybe they want to say, do it's that. February 2015, and they're not saying until eh. 2017. Look, I would, I would love to see 12 new episodes of DuckTales that were good and hand animated than multiple seasons what? of whatever bullshit. I haven't watched a new cartoon series. You know what the runs traditionally are in, on these per seasons at 20? Is it 25? Uh, shit like, shit like uh, um, Adventure Time, like their fifth season was something like 52 episodes. But it was, I mean, the season lasted a year. Because Disney Afternoon, they were like 20 to 25 episodes usually. Something right. like that per season. Maybe, maybe more, maybe less. But um, Yeah, but since it's not the norm anymore and you're going to have to pay these people more money to do the animation. Well, computer, and, and, though, is cheap. 
If yeah. it's computer, you can. No, I, I know, I, I know. Computer is cheap. I'm saying if they went hand animated, oh, they yeah. would have to. It would have to be a a short season. Do you think they'll bring back most of the original voice cast or redo it? When was the show? Scrooge is still around. He's ninety. The guy, right? Yeah, I. I mean, they're gonna. They're gonna have to redo a lot of the voice cast. The good news is, is and I, I don't like it when they change voice cast. You can always hear little differences. Um, they Disney, might just redo Dis- everyone. Though. Yeah, Disney's money. They can find people who can do a suitable Donald and and Huey, Dewey, Louie, Webby. Do you, Do you think that this is well? This is a danger, and this is one thing I don't like about modern cartoons. Do you think that they will push the adult characters to more of the background if they do this? Versus having it like more fifty fifty like like before, I don't think they. Well, like I said, my interest in this solely lies on the fact that they continue the adventuresome type of like feel, mm-hmm. and you can't. Well, you can, but I, I just feel like the adult characters were too integral to the original series. If and I don't think they'd be stupid enough to, especially if this is going to play on nostalgia, they would be stupid to oh. eliminate. They'd be stupid not to give Scrooge and Donald good screen time, because honestly, or Launchpad, or in Launchpad, I don't think that their target market for this is going to be children. Which means that I don't think they necessarily oh. have to worry about Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Webby. But it has to be though. I mean, it's Disney. It's, it's for it's for Disney television. It's, it's children mainly. I mean, it's, it's it's for like if we had kids, it's for us. We'd love to watch this with our kids, or they know that they're tapping into that that audience too. I, yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a parent. Maybe it's a parent and kid type of TV show. I I don't know. I just I don't see this resonating with kids. Well, in general, I just have less and less faith in these modern cartoons because most of them do not have uh, adults as main characters anymore. It's mostly children, which is strange because in the 80s, most of the cartoons that we loved had adults as the main characters and children didn't have a problem with it. You know, we, we, we found we found it still engrossing and we, we still identified with quote-unquote role models that we saw in cartoons. I don't know. I mean, a lot of the cartoons I watch these days have adults in them. I mean... Eh, Are I they guess, made for children? I guess it depends. Well, no, I mean, but what cartoon... That's that's another weird thing with cartoons these days, and I don't necessarily mind it, but what cartoon is expressly made for children, and what, is, what cartoon well, is any expressly... Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean... More in the 80s, though, they were made for children. Sure, but I, I'm, I'm saying stuff like regular show, Adventure Time, even stuff like My Little Pony isn't really expressly made for children. Well, big children. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got, we got two years. Jeez, we're getting old before that happens. Speaking of old memories Fuck. and nostalgia... So... ToeJam and Earl has a Kickstarter from one half of the creative team. It's like Red and Stimpy. One half does comes back for it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how I feel about it right now. Here, here, here's kind of my thoughts. Uh, immediately, I don't like the look. I don't like the mix of the sprite on top of the 3D, and I don't like the character design in general. They've got a new artist doing the character designs. Um, and... Like I said, I've never really truly enjoyed the mixture of 2D sprites on 3D, although, you know, I've looked past it on certain games. What is kind of in- exciting, though, is this does look like a true return to the original Toe Jam and Earl, right up to the stacked, right down to the stacked levels. I mean, the guy, the guy in the interview even talks about how, like, there's a special camera zoom mode where you can pull it out and you can see all the stacked levels, you know, because that's how, mm-hmm. I mean, have you played Toe Jam and Earl a lot? No, I haven't. Oh, well, I'll then you're a, a loser. Um, <laughs> 
But you, you, you remember watching my cousins play. You, you, you go up levels, like, but they're, they're, they they kind of float in nowhere, and you get teleported upwards as okay. you get the the items. Um, the interview with him was interesting though because it talked a lot about his time working with Sega, and he actually doesn't have any ill will towards Sega, but how you know the first game became a cult classic, and Sega didn't really know what to do with it because the game was so weird. So they pushed him to make a more traditional game, and then the fans rioted. And then well, Sega, Sega was more of like a, a platformer, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, that I do know, and that. Ugh. And then I don't know how you, you know, go from that to that. He tried to make the third game for the Xbox more like the uh, the original, and then Sega was like, "You got to have gates and keys and collectibles and all this shit in a central hub world instead of stacked levels." So it, it's nothing new, um, and it's stuff we all know. But it was interesting to just read his opinion or his thoughts on um, or his experiences uh, developing within a large company like Sega, because at that point in time, Sega was truly a large company. And, you know, they they, they don't they wouldn't trust their designers to make the game that people wanted. You look back on it now, and it's funny. People hate Toe Jam and Earl 3. A lot of people don't like Panic on Funkatron. Which one stands up? The one that was the most hands-off. So, I mean, I, I have I have my questions about it. Like I said, I, I'm not I'm not well, a you, huge... you're gonna wait for it to come out before you get to the Kickstarter. You rather buy yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I'm I don't think I'm gonna give to the Kickstarter. I I I think I think it's on the right path. I want to see visually what they do with it, and I want to see if it's gonna come to consoles. I can't back a Kickstarter that's PC only with console stretch goals. If that stretch goal is made, then I will give them my money. But at I, that point, at that point, because then it's okay. because then it's worth it to me. And I know that some people are going to get on me about that. Well, they're never going to get to that stretch goal if you don't give them money. But I don't need a PC version of something I can't play. Sure, you don't want to play with a controller. You rather get it on a th- uh, yeah. Xbox or a PS4. Right, got you. Well, it's interesting. It looks like the randomly generated levels. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean um, that, that goes back to the original game. Um. I just think it's amazing that I mean this is this is with everything I guess with the internet now that the power is going back to developers and you don't need these huge companies anymore to get this stuff done as long as you have the rights you can do it. I just think it's great that you can see a new Toe Jam and Earl game. You know who would think that? Oh, be, there would never be enough interest overall to get this made. And now, no, sure. At the end of the day, I mean, I think just the fact that we're even getting one is fantastic. I mean, hell, we're, we haven't talked about. Uh, Star Citizen at all, and how amazing that freaking game looks, and how well if it delivers. Yeah, but if it, if it delivers, you're never going to see me again. The podcast, I'll become a let's player for Star Citizen if that's successful. Fair enough. I'll just I'll just live on Twitch, you know, and just that'll be my life. Um, this is something that this I think this came out a little bit after our our last podcast, and uh, it's not really a, a huge deal, but I think it's interesting. That in Mortal Kombat X, they made it uh, a decision to even, well, to publicize it, that the female characters will be more realistically proportioned, I guess, than they had in the past games. It's funny to me that, oh man, I'm going to get Probably it. still wearing thongs, but know, yeah, they're probably realistically No, I mean, the picture they showed, she even had more clothes on. Look, I love boobs, I love butts and all that stuff. Who but, doesn't? Um, but let's be honest. But um, when, you, when you have all that extra... Uh, appendages on yourself, you're not made for fighting. Thank you for interrupting. Um, It's just... I mean, it's ridiculous. And and it's it's fairly unrealistic. I I guess all I can say is 
I expect Mortal Kombat to be over the top and ridiculous, so it's never particularly bothered me in the past, although I look at it and I go, how the fuck do those things stay in with that? But I am happy to see, and I guess it's weird that it's coming from the makers of Mortal Kombat, to see a company that is probably listening to its growing fan base of women go... Mm, let's maybe just make things a little bit more realistic with proportions. I mean, they're certainly trying to make the evisceration of your intestines more realistic so they can totally make the boobs more realistic. I, I was going to say, we're going to pick, we're going to be offended. I'm, I'm offended at the game still relying upon these, the fatalities for the 50th fucking iteration of the game in order to sell these. But anyway, I just think it's interesting that they started with live action you know, females for Sonya Blade and Melina Katana, and those, you know, they were, they were martial arts and gymnasts, and gymnasts don't usually have huge boobs. Right. Mixed martial arts women, they don't have big, huge boobs, because they lose their fat, and when you punch, they get in the way. That's, that's basically what it happens. It's not as effective. Uh, you know, but yeah, I'm looking at a picture in this article from 2011, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, oh, there she did have a thong, and they, yeah. I don't know, yeah, I don't know how they stayed in there. So, I mean, yeah. it, 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 it's cool, I mean, to me, because it just means that, you know, voices are being... Uh, voices are being heard. Um, my interest in the game, I gotta be honest with you, kind of grows. I don't know why. Maybe is this get... another reboot like Nine was? There... No, or just a continuation of the reboot? Nine wasn't a reboot. Really. I thought it was. Uh, I maybe, thought it... maybe it was. I, it, I thought Nine was. It a told the the story retold. mode. It, yeah, it, it just retell. It re. It wasn't necessarily a reboot. It retold the story of one, two, two and three. three, and then after. Okay. Yeah, there was a bit of after, so it's not really a reboot. It, it really is kind of the same story. Remake, it's kind of. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. It, it's my... It's like... It's, it's like my mission in life to buy every fighting game I can. So oh. whether I'm going to like Mortal Kombat 10 I, or not, I will probably end up owning it. I would just say this. Going back to... I'm not saying people are going to complain with this. Um, who is playing fighting games for boobs and ass out there? Even even when, at the end of the day, when you when you play the Dead or Alive series, you're playing it for it has a, a unique uh, fighting system. More oh, so, Dead or Alive is fucking more fantastic. so than the fact that there's I know that there's the, the jiggle thing you can adjust, but to me it's almost like a, a fun funny novelty. It's not like you're you're getting off on that when you're playing these games. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, know? I I play Dead or Alive because I love fucking playing Dead or Alive. I mean, I forget that there's a jiggle physic in it when I'm playing an actual match because I'm more concerned about my openings and shit sure. like that. Uh, th- what whatever. I mean, short topic. Like I said, I'm just. That's it. I'm, I'm still not interested in the Mortal Kombat series. Ian it's, is. I, no, it's not a good series. I'm not saying oh. I think it's a great series. I'm just saying I will probably buy it and put it through its paces. <laughs> and then sell it because it's too short. <laughs> All right. So we're going to have a WWE update. The Fast Lane can't call them pay-per-views anymore, really, events, if you can call that. Maybe a glorified Raw is what it really was. Happened on Sunday. I watched a chunk of it. I watched all of it. You watched all of it, okay. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> Ian is not looking happy. No. Um, all I know is the, the big highlights is that Ziggler gets pinned again by, what was it, Kane pinned him in, in the tag match? Because, yeah, because you have to protect Kane in 2015 versus Rep and Con- Comers. I could not believe that, that that, I mean, like, the outcome of that match, not just because it was Kane covering Ziggler, the fact that they won at all. I don't know. They, they, I mean, they're the company men. They've been there forever. The but the the in the the women's match. I refuse. No, I'm not going well, well, to call you, that the page match. You know? the, uh, no, it it was <laughs> abysmal. It was wow. It was abysmal. And I like Paige, um, but the Bellas, they might be nice in real life, 
I met them. But get them. I don't care. Get them the yeah, fuck. <laughs> they are nice. No, you didn't meet them. You waved at Daniel Bryan. I, no, no. I spoke to all oh, three of them uh, for like a minute and a half. Uh, okay. I didn't from not. 20 feet away. Wait, but 20 feet Daniel away. Bryan wished me an awkward happy birthday. birthday. Yeah, with a cattle prod. Um, He's my friend. The, 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 I mean, the Bello victory was insane. Uh, did you see that thing about AJ Lee like, legitimately calling out Stephanie McMahon? We're going off top of Yes, she called that. That was okay. fucking fantastic. Yeah, Patricia, we don't want to talk, we're not going to get political, but Patricia Arquette uh, made a point about equal pay um, during her speech at the Oscars. How is this political? Equal pay should just be a fucking thing. That's not politics. It, well, it's political in terms of how you how you address it and how you how you. Uh, uh, I'm not. No, fuck. It's done. Anyways, that was a really awful. Like it's political. I mean, you mean like me saying, but it's a political thing. Anyway, so but she called out Stephanie because she said, um, "You're you're you're agreeing with Fisher Arquette, but why are the women in WWE getting paid less money? Right? Why are they um, not given TV time? I'll okay, AJ. I understand, but I'll answer this is because." WWE treats it as a sideshow attraction. They don't treat it as serious. Yeah, but they don't need to if they would no, bring they don't more need people to NXT. They don't need to, but the fact of the matter is is that they're not selling pay-per-views based upon women's wrestling, nor have they really ever. Well, this is what I, I think plenty of people tune into NXT to see the women's four-way. And this is what I'm getting at. They put on Sounds such... Hot. No. <laughs> they put on such an abysmal... Um, women's match at Fastlane, yet the uh, Women's Fatal 4-Way was one of the best NXT matches they've put on. I've heard it was good. I didn't see it. It's it's amazing, and the finish is fantastic. It's okay. not super... Anyway, so that was annoying. Um, The only good... The only... I mean, Ambrose and... Uh, why am I brain farting? Barrett. Yeah, Barrett was pretty decent. Um, The best match of the night before we get into the worst match of the night, was uh, Rusev. Rusev. Rusev and, and Cena, I watched a good chunk of that match. Uh, Rusev Rusev has never really let me down since he's come in. It's only, he's only been in there for a year. That match, right? what, they, what they did with that match is, I wish Cena would have tapped, but what they did was make Rusev look incredibly powerful. I would have preferred if they didn't have the kick to the groin part of it, uh, before making him look, because they had to keep mentioning, well, he kicked him in the groin, then he locked it in. Yeah, no, but he still looked strong, though, Rusev, obviously. Yeah, but, but, but Cena kept breaking out, and Rusev kept re... I mean, that's the Putting part that, that I like. Kept hooking him back in, kept hooking him back in. Into the accolade, and, which yeah. is basically almost like a camel clutch. It is a camel clutch. He puts it on the face instead of under the chin, basically. Right. That's a difference. But it's, it's the best one. It's, it's, it's the best it, one? It, it's the is best. Is it better than the sign recliner? It's the best camel clutch modification. It was It was a good match. Um, the Sting Triple H uh, interaction happened almost exactly how I thought it would. Yeah, I, I guess they don't. Triple want... H comes down with his jeans. And his I know. He came, out, he came out like Triple H. You're 45 years old. You're, I'm you're, a brawler. You don't, you don't look cool anymore. And, and the fucking <laughs> jean, t- you know, and leather jacket. It's enough, you know. Um, but but they have interaction. They're setting up the match. He tried to bring up the sledgehammer. Sting had his trusty baseball bat. Put it to his neck. We we knew that was going to happen. Obviously, that was a cute I enough just, interaction. I like how Sting still hasn't said a word. I do like that, but I think they're going to have to have him talk eventually. Before the but the one thing that didn't get across past many people is that Triple H had to say something like, "We were the respect of you know icons of our federation." No, 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 no. Sting was the icon and standard bearer. Triple H 
even during your most power time, you're maybe fourth or fifth on the list behind behind Austin, behind The Rock, um, behind Shawn Michaels. Yeah, you were not close to being the standard bearer ever close to even being as important as Sting was to WCW. Triple H did not become important until much later when he stopped stopped as much wrestling and did more um was was more of a storyline character. When if you actually compare the actual timelines of Sting being important and, and, and I'm actually going to go one step further than you. When Sting was important, Triple H was a fucking no one. Oh yeah, we're talking like the, the late eighties to, to mid nineties, even to late nineties. Triple H. I'm still talking. Wasn't no, it. I'm talking to late nineties. I'm talking like WCW. Oh yeah, Monday Night er, uh, War era. Yeah, even 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 when even when Shawn Michaels had to retire, what was that? Ninety eight, he retire. No pad was this May fifth, ninety seven. Anyway, even when he had to retire, Triple H still was while he was the leader of DX was still behind Austin and Rock, and, and you can even say McFoley as being more popular than him. He was still third or fourth, right? And while Sting was the uh, Sting was the uh, Crow character was was hugely obviously popular, yeah, hugely popular. Even when Goldberg got popular, Sting would you say you could say was number two was still hugely popular yeah. at that point. Um, but then even even when those guys went away, tr- when Triple H in the early two thousands, the mid two thousands was the big guy. It's like it's not a big deal anymore because now there's no competition. So that was the only thing that bothered me about that. Otherwise, it's going to be fine. We'll see. I'm sure the match will be fine. I'm not going to see WrestleMania though because. Daniel Bryan has to win every match? No. Roman Reigns wins against Daniel Bryan. It was a fine match. Obviously, Daniel Bryan carried him. It was a better match than I expected it to be, but I've seen some people online who are newer to wrestling being Mm -hmm. like, Reigns won, and it's like, you or Reigns looked good. You guys don't understand what carrying is. Bryan made Reigns look good. And I don't hate Reigns personally. I, I, no. I, I, I wish him no ill will. I'm sure he's ho- a nice guy. And I hope he becomes a better wrestler. But he... I, I just... I don't understand the push to the moon. Now, honestly... I mean, do I say this? Do I really do I really earn your ire and the ire of everyone else? I don't necessarily give a fuck about Daniel Bryan anymore. You can either. say that. I don't. I just I don't necessarily. That whole match was I wanted Bryan to win because Bryan's a good wrestler, but what what killed Bryan for me is not even necessarily Bryan's fault. It's how they fucked him over last year. He won the title, got injured, not his fault again. They stripped it from him, and he was gone. It's just a case of poor timing, and now he's back at the right time. And I, I, I'm just well. Yeah, I, he should have. He should have won the rumble. Yeah, I wanted Brian. Right, exactly. If they had done he it, that, should have won the rumble. If, then you'd have a two eight week build up to WrestleMania. Yes, if they had had him win the rumble, I'd be fine. But by the time we got to this match, it with all of its bullshit, no, I, agree. I, I did not care. I, I did not care if Brian won. I did not care if Reigns won. All the steam, all all of the emotion was taken out. Of I me. told you I wasn't watching WrestleMania before this match. I said I don't care if they make it a triple threat. I'm not watching because they blew their chance to having the the quote unquote biggest match. I told you it would have been the biggest match since probably Hogan Andre. It would have been huge. It would have been absolutely huge. Yeah. Or at least Rock Austin would it be. Let's the, say Rock the, Austin. I don't know about okay. Hogan. Biggest, <laughs> right. biggest, match, biggest match in the past. I've said this before. Biggest match in the past 15 years, probably. Probably. It would have been because he's the biggest face they've had in a huge amount of time. Pure baby face. Pops. Um, even at the end of the match, you know, they're, they're cheering all his moves. The yes, they're not really cheering Reigns that much. No, they're not. When he wins, it's like... 
No, I, I feel like everyone feels bad for Reigns and everyone's trying to get behind him, but it's it's, it's tough. I had I do not remember. I guess you can probably go back to uh, WCW days, but I was not a huge watcher of them trying to push like Paul Roma into the Horseman when he shouldn't have been. Oh God! But, but no. I do not remember a time in recent memory where the number one face of the company had to not just. Uh, lose cleanly to a guy that was not even close to being a top babyface, but then go out of their way to humble him the next night on Raw to come out and basically say, you know, I didn't believe in you either. I didn't think you were here, but now I want you to beat Brock Lesnar and shakes his hand and having him tag team with a guy next night. It's like, holy shit, Daniel Bryan is such a company man. Such a company man. Because if that was CM Punk, he would have told WWE to go fuck themselves. He's, he would have said, I'm the number one guy. I should be in the main event. I'm not doing this bullshit for a guy who's not ready. But Daniel Bryan, to his credit, and this is why he's such a nice guy, is that... He, maybe CM Punk should drop the edge, smoke a little weed, and calm the fuck down. Because he's <laughs> not the most important wrestler in the I, world. I'm just saying, though, if, if he was in that situation, and if a lot of wrestlers were in that situation, if I was wrestling in that situation, it'd be hard for me to say... I'm the guy that should be in the main event. It's obvious to everyone, and now i got to put over this guy who's probably at least a year away from it. And that's what people don't remember. They're like, well, you know, Rock was booed at first. Uh, well, Austin didn't get the reactions at first. Yeah, but you know what? When they got those bad reactions, when they were saying, die, Rocky, die, they weren't main eventing WrestleMania. They didn't main event WrestleMania until they were hugely popular. No, and it wasn't because... And it was never because Rocky was a crap wrestler. It was because Rocky was... A believable, legitimate heel. Yes. Or just a believable character in general. Yeah. And Reigns isn't there yet. Especially no. with the bad promos he has almost every week. Not good at all. He has not really improved on that. Guys like Rollins have improved. But they but start but but that's all, folks. Not just that, but he's just... He just... He looks like a badass, but he doesn't come off as a badass when he speaks. No. That's just... That's just... Unfortunately, he hasn't developed that yet. Doesn't, doesn't mean he can't. Doesn't mean he won't. But that's what it comes down to, is that... We're going to see, uh, by the way, uh, Lesnar walked out of Raw. He was there. They had some sort of business dispute. It hasn't been foretold. This is... Oh, good. But can, I, can I actually say something real quick? Just because I, I wanted to get it in. Um, just, just, just so all the little fucking bitches on YouTube can hear me <laughs> say it again. Uh, Brock Lesnar's fucking shit. Anyways, continue. <laughs> you had to get that in. I had to. Okay. Anyway, the point is, is that we are uh, less than five weeks away from WrestleMania. And you have uh, a lukewarm buildup. You have um, uh, a diva part timer. Uh, you ha well, it's not the it's not his fault as a diva. It's the fact that they put him in that position. It's Vince's fault. It's Wee. not his fault. I, I, do you understand that? That it's their fault for making him champion. You don't understand that. Wee. Is their fault them wanting to put over Roman Reigns for a year like this was their plan? Anyway, um, so you have a guy that's only going to appear twice before WrestleMania in, in the next two months and have Heyman come out instead. You have a Wyatt Undertaker build up. That is going to Actually, hurt. I think that could be interesting. I don't think it can be because Wyatt's going to lose. They're not going to have Undertaker lose two years in a row. True. And Wyatt hasn't won a major feud since freaking Jericho back in the summer. You know, and before that, who the hell knows that we right. lost and to they, Cena? They basically brought Jericho in just to job to him, just to job yeah. to, to Wyatt. So, and then plus, the, the rumor is that Undertaker is not even going to show up in the build up to this. So, you're going to have Wyatt talking to an empty coffin for the next month. <sighs> Anyway, so you have that match. You're gonna, and so I'm just not interested. It's just sad because I thought Wyatt's promo was pretty good. Oh no, his promos, promos are fine, but it's like if you don't, if people aren't sure Undertaker's gonna show up, and plus, it's, it's plus, why would Undertaker show up? 
You know, wouldn't he want revenge on Lesnar for losing? Wouldn't that be a more logical storyline if you're looking at it from that perspective? Yeah. I mean, he came back to face Triple H after he'd won, but but almost lost, and he wanted revenge even for that. And yeah. now he lost and got he got basically got destroyed, and now he's not coming. Anyway, the whole thing is just fucked up. All I'm right, not, I'm not interested in WrestleMania, and honestly. Uh, Ian will probably do a WrestleMania recap. This is the last I'm going to mention WWE for a while. I'm sure. Q&A time. All right. Henry Del Delgadio. Do you think there are too many YouTube game chasers, hunters, collectors, let's play personalities? Like, if it's oversaturated. Fuck yeah, it's oversaturated. It's, of course, oversaturated, but I mean, at the end of the day, does it? who does it hurt that it's oversaturated besides the p- people that are trying to break in themselves? The cream always rises to the top. 360! Anyway. <laughs> God damn, Randy Savage, we love you. I do. I, I will watch the Hall of Fame. I will watch However, I'm very questionable putting in Rikishi and the Bushwhackers. Very questionable. I, that's awful. That's still I like know, a smack in the face. Okay, I know people out there, the Bushwhackers were supposed to be a lot better when they were the sheep herders elsewhere. I do know that. They were a heel tag team. But in WWE, they did absolutely nothing. I admire a- Rikishi going in. I'm okay. Well, I don't admire. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay with Rikishi going yeah. in because... No, you have to understand... For this whole family, he's kind of the central focal okay. point. So for him going in, it's 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 the whole Samoan wrestling family basically going in. Um, but when you look at it on paper, <laughs> Macho Man, Rikishi, Bushwhackers, it looks like they're taking one more jab at Macho Man. It no. just looks like they're taking one more. It's even like, this is Macho Man, here's the Bushwhackers. Yeah. How do we get on this, Tommy? Let's go back to the Q&A. Do you, Q&A. Think, do you think there are too many YouTube game chasers, hunters, collectors, let's play personalities? Yes. Like it's oversaturated. Yes, it's oversaturated. It's harder to break through. I mean, hell, I go to the, I go to the flea market now and I see a very nice guy, but I see a guy doing his own... Uh, version of, of Flea Market Madness with a camera trying to shoot me while I'm walking around now. So, I mean, this is what it's become in only, you know, three, four, uh, five years. And it's just bad because now unless you know someone or get a, a push it's or or get a network to push you and get noticed, it's very hard for talent to, quote-unquote, cream rises to the top. Yeah. It's tough when there's a lot of uh, cream. Cream. <laughs> Zach at Fox Standard. <clears throat> Pat. How long does it take you to make one Pat episode? It's Pat episode or Pat the NAS Punk? Pat episode. Okay, um, for the people that say, Pat, why don't you put these out twice a month? Sometimes even once a month, which it it takes a lot of time. Um, uh, We're looking at probably 30 hours. At the low end, we're going to talk 20. At the high end, we're going to talk 40 hours of work. Uh, We're talking about... Um, first, you get to give an idea. That, that's not really necessarily hours, but that could be, we'll just say, an hour. But then you're talking about, uh, you know, gameplay capture, which could be anywhere. If it's one game, one or two hours. If it's multiple games, it's five hours or six hours right there. Uh, writing the episode. Um, I'm usually quicker than guys like uh, James says. He does, like, multiple iterations. I can usually do two drafts and I'm good. But that could take four to five hours uh, to write. Maybe six or maybe six if you're getting in really into depth, like a Mr. Gimmick where it's really in-depth. We're talking a lot. Uh, Time-coding your footage can take hours because you have to watch through it if you're doing that. That's the worst. One of the worst parts is that. Um, and then the good old editing. And editing can be simple, but then if you have green screen and effects, uh, editing the rule of thumb. This is a very. This is for regular video live action. The rule of thumb for editing live action is about an hour per minute of live action, kind of in there. But to do gameplay for a minute, I would say double or triple that because you have to go and find that footage. And even if you already time coded it. 
it's not easy mentally, at least for me to go through and pick out certain spots. So that's where that comes from. Um, it's a lot of time and not just that it's the energy. It's not just time. It's not just like, okay, it's five hours a day for, for six days and it's done. That's not how it works. It's the energy, finding the motivation to do it, the commitment and the ideas. And that's why it's tough. It's hard to just pump it out. Pump, pump it out. Pump it At down. TBT, Matt Rogers, what NES games do you think have the best endings? So many just say thanks or congratulations or, or a, a butchering of that, but yes. Yeah. I've always appreciated the duck because it's a game I've beaten a billion times. I've always appreciated the Ducktales ending. Shocker! Uh, and really, no, any of the Disney endings. Um, there's usually like a short little epilogue. We're not talking like, you know, a, a chapter, but they actually do, you know, wrap up the story a little bit. The thing I like about the Ducktales ending, and you say shocker, but it's not just because it's my favorite game. It's because you can get good, bad, and great endings. Um, so I like that, and it's fun to work for those different endings. Um, how about a, how about um, you know, I like the I like the games that had credits, but also show like the characters that were in the game. Like the enemies and things like that; those were cool. Yeah, that's pretty. If fun If you're gonna too. do credits, okay, do credits, but then throw in. Um, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Um, I'm trying to think. If Super Mario Brothers Two had that. Can't remember right now. Um, I also like games. One of the first ones I remember having a really cool ending, or even with even some sort of animation. Besides a Ninja Gaiden, which obviously has excellent, yeah, that's, 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 that's an excellent obvious. ending. That's like a movie. Oh, Kirby's Adventure has a fan, uh, really great ending too. That's, but uh, that's but long. Contra. It's not alone, but at least you see the island, and they right. come out, and they give you a little epilogue. You know, just give me something. Like, why not Commando? You have a cool epilogue. Kirby's know. Adventure is cool because it was a late-release Nintendo title. They knew what they were doing with it. It's Nintendo made, so, like, there's a false ending, and then another boss, and then a real ending, and, you know, it's a lot of fun. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I like anything that gives you multiple endings. Uh, NES, that's sort of rare, though, to have multiple endings. No, I'm just saying in general, but to see something like that on the NES, where you can see all of them in a relatively short period of time, because we're not talking a fucking 40-hour RPG... That's pretty awesome. Even uh, some of the sports games. Have, I mean, for a sports game like playing like a technical Super Bowl, you have a, a decent ending yeah. to stuff like that. You know, it's it's something. It's not just like game over that appears because you're playing for the, the game uh, for a while. Uh, it's rumored I never got to the end, but at the end of Danny Sullivan's Indie Heat, uh, supposedly you get out and do hand to hand combat against all the other indie car racers. <laughs> I've never gotten there, but supposedly that's what happens with that. You know, what games have pretty fucking miserable endings on the Nintendo. All the Mario games. <laughs> oh, the, at least Mario One and Mario Three. Are I was going to say, rough. what was in the two? Yeah, obviously, the Dream. But did they show the enemies? I totally forget if they showed. The I enemies can't remember. But through. Mario One and I mean Mario One is to be expected. But Mario Three, I remember being a pretty, pretty abysmal. Well, they made up for Super Mario World where they walk back through and everything. Yeah, right? it's yeah. cute. It's, it's cute as hell. Um, what, what, any, any ending that disappointed you after a really good game, real quick? Yeah. I spent four and a half fucking hours with my friend. Uh, he's not really a friend. He's a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> okay, you're a piece of shit? I don't talk to him anymore. But when we were kids, uh, probably about 12, we actually beat Rampage. It took four and a half oh, hours, why? and we got a congratulations followed by a credit scroll. Any, well, any arcade game that was based on an arcade port, you're going to get a bad answer yeah, for the most part. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, Pac-Man, you're going to get a kill screen. <laughs> That's what you're, you're going to get. All right. It's not going to end. James Stundis at Chemical White Boy. Who boy? No. Chemical Who Boy. Chemical Who Boy. What is the current status of the video game years? Here we are. We're trying to finish up the uh, 80s. If you do not know, uh, Ian, Ian helps out. He helps with, well, besides being one of the adamant people on screen that 
helps shoot. We shoot for... Ian and I have shot for almost every segment of video game years, except, except for, like, three. We did not shoot for, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, like, Donkey Kong Jr. for some reason. We said, screw it. And then, like, one other we didn't. Like I am integral to the topics. You, you, you are, Ian. You are... I settled the disputes between you and Joey. Or um, in Joey's absence, I just... In Joey's main absence, you have, Ian helps decide the list, you know, um, of, of topics along with me. And sometimes uh, Joey, but usually just me. Um, but basically, yeah. So what's going to happen with Video Game Years, if you did not know, audience, I am co-director, co-producer of the Video Game Years. We're going to end the 80s, 87, uh, March sometime. So we're not going to say when. Sometime in March, we're going to kick off Video Game Years. It's going to be six parts. Probably one part per week is going to happen. And we're going to cross-promote uh, this time, um, it's going to be on RetroWare's channel and my channel. I'm going to have sort of marquee segments on my channel, but also point to the RetroWare channel as well. That's how that's going to uh, work. And then maybe we might have to uh, crowdfund for the 90s later in the year to get that going because I don't make money. He doesn't make money. The editors get paid for their good job and they make the money. The guys that do the uh, CG transitions, the really cool stuff like that, they get paid money and the ad revenue does not support the show totally people can you can bitch and moan but that's reality you have to pay people to do work to get a quality entertainment product that's how it works and video game years if nothing else is well produced not just because i produce it we have two questions from james Stundis how did, in a how row. did, get how in did you do that that he is breaking all the rules pat what's something we take for granted now that blew your mind as a child game or otherwise uh i.e mushrooms it's um, about, about eating mushrooms or? i think he's talking oh, about power-up mushrooms okay i hope so i mean my, eh, I was more of an acid guy. Um, You're an acid child. So, for me, in games, it's... Uh, I mean, if you really think about it, it's a lot of things. Uh, but two things pop to mind for me. It's um, multiple styles of gameplay. Like Vice Project Doom. Go that, Go 13. That's something that blew my mind then, which is commonplace now. I mean, so commonplace that it's integrated into the game. You don't even notice. Yes, these, you don't notice You it. don't notice these weird segues from one mm-hmm. type of gameplay to another. The other thing for me was I loved vehicles in games. Um, for like one game that I can pull up that 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 you know I that you know every game has a vehicle now. You can press select and summon a vehicle in something like Destiny, but um, it's not considered a great game. But uh, Puss in Boots, like every level has like a half a vehicle segment where you're in a boat right. or a submarine, a submarine, a submarine or a hot air balloon. <laughs> you're such a maroon. And, and uh, I loved that shit as a kid. That stuff was awesome to me. What blew my mind was any game that gave you real choice. Because before a game like Legend of Zelda... Do you want more emotion out of your PS4, too? Yeah. It was hard to have a lot of choice. Uh, that's why a game like Legend of Zelda, to me, is like a five-star game because of that. Um, you can go off in any direction you want. You're not tied to a you know a linear structure. Uh, but a game like Baseball Stars, where you can create your own... That blew me away. You can create your own team, create your own players, right. give them attributes, that's build a- them up. That's that's like before that. Imagine a, a playing a baseball game where you're stuck with these teams, these eight teams, these players. You're playing RBI baseball or you're playing MLB, and it's like this is well, I can make my friends put my na- friend's name in them and find a character that kind of looks like him. The, choice, choice to me was always the big, the biggest part of, of games that I liked, and those are the games I liked the, the most. I'm not not a child, but a little older, playing Civilization for the first time, and holy shit, sure. you, the game with ultimate replayability. You know, games like that where. Uh, it's really your imagination drives the game. Now, stuff like Create a Team, like you said with Baseball Stars, that's a good answer. I mean, that was truly well, like mind-blowing at the time. Oh, yeah. So, Dave Schultz, gamer going gray. Hi, Dave. Are, are you just gray yet, or are you still going gray? Yeah. 
Are you really that great? I think you might be being hard on yourself. If you could tie the other to a chair and force them to watch a movie they didn't want to see, what would it be? I'd make Pat watch Mean Girls. Why, you don't think I'd like Mean Girls? No, I just don't think you'd ever sit down and watch it on your own. I'm always up for watching any movie, comedy, with an all-female cast that gets good reviews for being a good comedic film or good because they don't make a lot of them. You know what I mean? It's not even that for me. It's just Mean Girls is fucking smart. It, no, that's what I mean. It's, it's high school. It's it's. Per- it's I, hey, I loved uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. I love that. That's movie. one of my favorites. We've so discussed think, this before. I love yeah. teen movies. So I think I could. I could. Okay, yeah, I'll sit down and watch it. But I thought this would be to horrify the other person. Because uh, they, they said didn't want to see. No, I don't. I want to see Mean Girls. I I want to see that. That's okay. you know what made Lindsay Lohan a star and before she dropped off the earth and this then everyone the last else. time she was cute what would I want I would want to tie Ian to a chair to watch the awful blood sports sequels because it is great <laughs> because it is great love for the original and I hell, love the original and then and the, and the awful kickboxer sequels including the one with that Sasha whatever his name is from uh, uh, step by step yep. that, was that, he was in like what three and four by that point like um, uh, he owned like the the bad guy in Kickboxer. God, I don't remember his name. Oh, he he was like an evil drug lord or something by that point. I remember like getting basically into a screaming match with a kid in like middle school because he swore there was a blood sports sequel. I'm like, fuck you, you're a liar. There's no blood sports sequels. And then like four years later, I'm in Best Buy and Bloodsport for the Dark Kumite <laughs> is in the is in the fucking I, DVD section. I had heard we should just do a, a Bloodsport segment on, but I heard there was a rumor that they were doing a new one with John Claude Van Damme for years. Uh, they are do- they are doing a Top Gun sequel by the way, Tom Cruise. Yes. Why don't do a Bloodsport sequel? They can do it. He's older. He's grizzled. Come back for the Kumite. I'd watch John Claude in anything. Did you see G G G C V D? I thought it was fucking brilliant. Still I, haven't seen it. I love that movie. And there's a French and English version, which I think is really cool. I think someone stole my copy of it. Otherwise, what? I'd lend it to you. Yeah. God, it's on Netflix. Uh. Joaquin Gonzalez, what it's a good game for someone that wants to get into tabletop gaming. Any tips? I'm going to PAX and would like to try it out. So I don't understand what PAX has in terms of tabletop, but I, I do understand that there's a lot there there is a lot of tabletop gaming. I can't really help you with tabletop in terms of straight up role playing. As I said kind of in a, the intro segment of the previous series, I love to read um role playing rule books, but I rarely find people to play them with. However, if you want to play a game at PAX and you want to try try out a board game or a card game, there's a couple that I would recommend you seek out. Um, I'd recommend you seek out something like a deck builder, something like Dominion, or probably even more accessible, more fun initially, uh, check out a game called Ascension. There are bound to be plenty of people playing Ascension and Dominion at, um, at PAX. Uh, as far as a more board game, I would suggest finding something co-op that you can play that you can get into. An easy one is called uh, Forbidden Island. You could also try, um, um, made by the same people, you could try Pandemic. Uh, and then there's a lot of really quick, fun card games that you can play, like Gloom. Um, there's some quick dice rolling games like Dungeon Roller that are a lot of fun. Um, that give you like a little taste of you know the more in depth stuff, um, and then Carcassonne's always a solid one. There's a lot of good games that aren't hard to get into, but if you're at a convention, you've got to pick a game that is going to be really easy for you to learn, uh, just so you don't. Well, just so you that so, so that you have fun, but also you know uh, the people who are running the game can you know keep it moving smoothly. I would suggest any of the ones that I mentioned. 
I'm back. Great. Go away. Uh, Cody Murphy, thoughts on Action 52 being called rare when at least five or more are listed every week on eBay? Well, that means it's not particularly rare. How, how are you defining it? Are you defining a game that there probably is, I don't know, it's hard to know how many Action 52s are made. I'm going to say there was a couple thousand made. Uh, maybe more, 3,000, 4,000. At most, how many survived? One to 2,000. I don't know. But I'm just they're always out there. there. Yeah, they're, they're not, always let's there. Let's put it there. They might be rare. They might be limited. They are not scarce. In terms of supply. I thought scarce was... Was scarce above rare and, and on the scale or below it? No, scarcity is... I bel- if, I'm, if I'm not For mistaken... For Collins, I thought it was scarce, then rare. No, scarcity... I'm talking actual definition. I'm not even okay. looking up. Scarcity, I believe, is the absence of something. Uh-huh. There is sure. no absence of these to buy. No. So it is not scarce. It might but, be rare, but the the fact that there are always five up there per week means that they probably shouldn't be going for as much as they're going for. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're looking at, like, say, like a, a rarity guide, you give actually to, like, a seven. Sure. You're, you're definitely not going to give it an eight. You're no. definitely not going to say... That you're never. You're definitely not going to say that there's less action fifty uh, twos than a Bonk's Adventure on the NES. Yeah. Or or a Little Samson. There's more than that. Um, yes, they are available every week. But you wonder though, how many are being flipped in some sort of weird pyramid scheme? Because like I said, this was a game a few years ago that you get for, for seventy dollars, and now it looks like it's going for two over two hundred just for a loose cart. Um, and then it's going for over four hundred. Uh, or looks like let's say three hundred five sixty five for a factory seal one. Then again, who knows how many factory seal ones are around? So this is, this game has tripled in value, we'll just say, in the past few years. Obviously, James did a review of it about three years ago, that or four years ago. That might have helped too. Uh, but yeah, I, rare. Con- uh, yeah, compared to a, a you know a Knight Rider, it's right. rare. Danny Sullivan. Yeah, unfortunately, but well, so I mean. That's what I mean. When it comes to rarity, you're only comparing comparing a game against the other games in the console. So, by definition, I would call it a rare NES game. Rare in terms of you never be able to find one, then of course not, because a game like that, I mean, uh, you, you can look at, um, oh, what's another game that's like, say, like an 8 on the scale, or, or that you don't come across easily. Like any, any of like the Color Dreams games, uh, like Mermaids of Atlantis. Sure. You're not going to find those as, as much as an Asher 2, maybe. I don't know. But they're not out there. Kind of a fun game. All right, two more to go, and then I'm going to go watch Wrestling with the Lady. Do you think it's harder or... uh, Yep, okay. Do you think it's harder or easier to review retro games than it is to review modern games? Um, I think modern games are probably easier to review because things fall more neatly into categories. Mm -hmm. When you look at retro games, they were trying so many things that... From platformer to platformer, you're getting a vastly different experience. There's single-screen arcade games, there's platformers, there's shooters, there's experimental adventure games. They really were trying to push the boundaries of what video games could do. And even if they didn't always succeed, or if they weren't always good, um, you have to take into account the unique things that each of these games brought with it. As we move on... And I'm not saying all modern games are crap, but even the best modern games have far fewer unique features in them that retro games do. They were pushing the hardware, they were pushing the envelope, they were they were trying to discover new things that hadn't been done in games before for the most part. Um, so there wasn't a, defi- a defined format for a platformer, right. necessarily. There wasn't even a defined format for a shooter until probably later in the 80s. You know, So 
uh, there wasn't even defined, this is what a baseball game should be. This is what a basketball game should be, even for sports. Oh, yeah, control schemes were all over the place. All know? over the place. Options were different. We, we didn't settle on having you know uh, realistic teams or full seasons. So by the time you get to a sports game now, this is what your sports game should contain. Right. This is what your fighting game should contain. This is what... They don't even really do platformers anymore. They're not AAA titles. So, I mean, this is what your shooters should be. They're all the same in terms of not how they look, but the format and structure is the same for all these games. And again, yeah, for retro games, Ian's right. There, there was no format to these games. You were sort of jumping in. Like a game like Die Hard, you can get on it for some of its issues, but that Die Hard game tried stuff that most of the NES library never tried to do. Uh, that most games never tried to do again. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's tough when I'm at work and people are like, I want a game that's like this. And it's like, well, I can point you vaguely in that direction, but we're still in the early days of games. Like, there aren't a lot of copycats of this, that, or the next thing. What game before or after is like Paperboy? You can't really name them. Right. There is nothing else like Paperboy. Uh, Pete Scarrett. Hi, Pete. Hey, Pat and Pixel Sickle. It's 1990 and you're at the arcade. You have only four tokens. What games do you spend them on? My answer is easy. 1990 is probably... Yeah, the one. It's probably Funhouse. So I'm going to spend three of those coins on playing Funhouse the Pinball Machine. Was, I it, love was it three back then? Or are you saying you I would, I would, I would, I would play three games of Funhouse, and then I would find the nearest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles machine, drop it into Donnie, because no one ever played Donnie, lose quickly, and walk away sad. All right, we're talking four toys. I'm going to split these up. Okay. Final Fight. Sure, fine. Definitely Final Fight. Um, I will do, you know what, I might do a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I will do a ro- I will do a Rolling Thunder. This is my favorite arcade game, and I'm not sure this existed in '90. I think it was more like '92, but God damn it, I want to play that baseball game where you win the cards. I um, love that fucking game. You know what I would do? I would. Uh, I, I got it. Continue. That sorry. game is so dumb and fun that I almost want one right here, right now to play. Because uh, you have the LCD. Don't 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 you? No don't no. I'm just, I'm just no. I'm saying like it would be awesome. Like put like people always assume that this is me rolling my eyes. It's me having a thought. Uh, which I don't have often. Um, just put like random shit in it, like Pokemon yeah. stickers. You know, that come on the cards. <laughs> whatever. Put nudie collector cards. Whatever. Yeah. The whole point is that it was fun to have the ball come out. You hit the bat. I don't know. The, I don't know the name of the game out there. Basically, it was. It qualifies almost as a pinball machine. They, no, they do qualify. As they do qualify. They're, they're called okay. pitch and bat pinball. Pitch machines. and bat. You you have a ball that comes down. These go back to probably the 30s. They did something like this. Yep. And you can buy like little wooden ones for yeah. Anyway, you hit the ball and it goes into like one of several in the outfield spots where you either out get a triple, double, home run, um, and you get cards. For, I think it was every run or two you get a card that would dispense at the bottom. That was really cool. And then sometimes I think at least my local Man Leone's Italian Ice place, which had the little shack to the side, which had the you did. You get like a. I think sometimes they put like a sticker on one, or you get something for maybe free tokens or something. Fantastic, absolutely fantastic. more fun than it ever should be. But this one had an LC, uh, LED screen so that you can see your guys and, and tap to steal bases, That's and even fun. umpire umpire would call you out. It wasn't nineteen ninety though. It was probably like ninety one. So I would have to probably change mine oh, quickly. Now he's changing. Uh, two tokens, so two games of Funhouse. <laughs> one game of Ninja Turtles is Donnie. Um, I really, really liked the Data East RoboCop arcade game. I liked. I didn't remember playing it, but I didn't love it. I I don't. I don't know that if I went back to it now, I would love it. But it just when you say 1990 and arcades, I think okay. of that game in every arcade. Changing my answer because 90. I got enough Ninja Turtles in 89. I think it was 90. I'm playing Superman arcade 
and ninety. Okay, I love that. That was game. a good game. Love Superman Arcade. You had shooter shooter sequences. You did your cool kick in the shin. And the time. <laughs> <laughs> Corpse SDA. Is using a turbo controller for a shooter more recent shmup? I fucking hate that term. I, I don't like it either. Call, call them shooter. shoot 'em ups, shooter, or shooters. Um, for a game that does not offer, and I don't blame you, Corpse SDA. Um, for a game that does not offer rapid fire, considered a cop out. I don't. If, if, if it wasn't programmed in the game, if it wants me to match the because some to games shoot, even on Nintendo, you hold the button and it does rapid right. fire. If so, I, I have two schools of thought on this. If if it was not programmed in the game, I do not use it. That said, out of principle, out of principle, right. I just I don't I, I won't use turbo because it wasn't programmed in the game, so that wasn't how they wanted you to Some play. Some games prevent Pl- you from playing turbo. Plenty, plenty of games let you hold it down. So if the game's not letting you, they want you to hit that button. They want you to take your precise shots. I'm gonna jump to the turbo graphics in the PC Engine, um, or even where it's because it's built in. Because it's built in. Mm-hmm. I don't use it, but. It's built into the fucking main controller, and I, it's a system that is known for shooters. Main, so, fair so, game. so while I don't use it, and I try to get all my high scores turbo down, play it how it was meant to be played. If you use turbo on a shooter on the PC Engine or Turbo Graphics, I, I don't hold it against you. I will say turbo is fair game, and this is why. If your sh- shooter is defined by how quickly you can shoot, that's a, not a good shooter. It should not be defined by that. It should be defined upon your movement, recognizing patterns. Getting the proper pa- uh, power ups and using them, it shouldn't. It shouldn't matter that my fucking thumb starts hurting ten minutes into the game. I, I agree, but I have it. I have never played a good shooter that limits you to your shots based on how fast you can press it. That doesn't also allow you to just dodge the enemies. Sure, but I'm thinking more of a game like Gunsmoke, where you are always firing. You have to be always firing in a game like that when there's a lot of enemies. And your thumb will kill you, especially since the game, sometimes if you don't get that dumb poster, it'll go back again. You're redoing it. Your thumb's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. I mean, is that performance enhancing? There you go. Is it, is it PEDs? The PEDs. <laughs> hey, that's our last, and we hit 1037, so we did well today. You, you don't want... It's like the, it's like Order 1886. It's not the length that matters, it's the quality. It's the quality. And then, I think our I think our most our long serve was like two hours and five minutes. I think it was something. like I that. I think we might have hit two hours and fifteen minutes once where we went real over on the wrestling. Oh, we God. we totally reigned the rest. No pun intended. We reigned the wrestling. Gurner, Gurner. You know the reason why I, I don't even know what his theme music. You is. know another reason I don't like it's the same as the, the Shields. They just made it more badass. Another okay. reason I don't like Reigns that much. He, I don't like him more than the vest still. Uh, no, uh, Ambrose moved on from the Shield. Rollins moved on. Has his own outfit and theme song. And Reigns is still hanging on to the past. Right, because he's like that guy whose glory days were high school and <laughs> can't let it fucking go. A, a Rob Lowe glory days. I see that commercial on TV. Later in the past. All right, um, so I got a few more. Manus coming out this weekend. And also, um, we have a Patreon for the podcast. We do. It's patreon.com slash pixelsickle. Support is appreciated, but not I'm required. A, I'm a popsicle. Thank you again for the t-shirts. That helps us out, too. It does. And thank you for Teespring for that. And, hell, maybe we'll do another t-shirt in the summer or later oh, in the year. I think we will. I we think might, we've got an idea. Uh, he's, he's already <laughs> salivating at the next the next uh, t-shirt. It, it'll be fun. And then um, I'm going to have a uh, new Flipart Manus. I said that already. Uh, Pat the Punk is going to come back in some form. I also have my uh, kind of a CU podcast one-off, my hour interview with uh, Brent Black, a.k.a. Brent Floss. That'll be out there. And then, I don't know, maybe you'll see me at PAX East there, if I'm there. 
uh, you know, say hi. If I'm not there, whatever, call my house. I don't know. So for Ian Ferguson, but don't do that, really. For Ian Ferguson, give me a strange look. <laughs> I'm Pat Contry. You don't want people calling your house. No, that's happened a couple of times. I have scary. people call my work all the time. It's like just to talk, just to talk to you. Yeah. So is this Ian? Yeah. How's it going, Ian? Uh, things are good. <laughs> what games are you playing, Ian? Uh, my dick. What is, I, I'm hanging up now. Is Pat really that cool? In no. <laughs> no, they're not asking that, or no, it's not. <laughs> all right, guys, have a good one. We'll see you in two weeks. Two and two.